another nightlight show back with us on the program speaking to us from his home in san antonio texas is melvin melvin's been teaching on a variety of important topics on recent shows that are very relevant to the times in which we're living and that's especially true of the class that melvin's going to teach us today nightlight's interview of the week Yeah, I want to teach a class today on that we are bought with a price. So Simon, uh, right now in the world, I guess in the last one year, there is so much fear and worry and uh, anxiety going into everyone's life. That's right. People are fearful, worried. They don't know what's going on. And the scientific medical world is trying to dominate people's minds by putting all these fears about this COVID and that sickness and this disease. And so, yes. as Christians, we are not of the world. We've been delivered from the power of darkness and we've been translated into the kingdom of God. So we can't be thinking along those lines uh, that the medical and scientific world is trying to force us to believe. So here uh, in America, yeah, it's a Christian country, but people, everybody, you know, they just wait for the news to tell them what to do. And they just go ahead and open up their bodies to anything that medical field is trying to tell them to do. Yes. So all these vaccines, people really doesn't know what are in these vaccines. But because of the fear, they go ahead and start taking these vaccines and there's very bad side effects to it. People dying, being paralyzed, uh, people having blood clots, all of these things. That's right. And especially because we live in the end time and in the in the last days. Of course, you know, the mark of the beast and uh, Satan trying to dominate the world. We know that from the beginning, uh, Satan's power lies in fear. Yes. So if we can get the masses around the world to fear in this sickness and disease uh, and that the vaccine is needed, it's like the savior called the vaccine coming to, you know, to the world and offering this thing. So as Christians, the Bible says our bodies are bought with a price. We are not our own. So we really don't have a right to go ahead and insert and put things into a body. That's right. If we really belong to God and we belong to, you know, Christ Jesus, he paid for our bodies to be healed, to be restored, to be made whole. All he's asking is to trust in him and to believe in him. Amen. Just like at the time of Daniel, Daniel had to go to the lion's den because he refused to bow down and worship anything else. And he decided to open the windows of his home and pray, knowing that people are watching him and it was against the law. But he went ahead and he prayed to God. And, you know, we know the story. God protected him uh, in the lion's den. Yes. Same thing with the three Hebrew children or Hebrew teens, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. So we really don't have many options. We just have to trust God and know that this body belongs to him and not to us. Right. So I really wanted to share this class uh, on our bodies being bought with a price, not just for the COVID, uh, which is very important at this time, but also generally our bodies are bought with a price. So we need to glorify God, magnify God in our body. Amen. 
Of course, we all know this verse as missionaries and, you know, Bible teachers. But for a long time, I mean, I guess all my life as a, as a missionary, uh, which, is more, which is most of my adult life, I never really paid much attention to the fact that, that I'm bought with a price. No, I always uh, understood, believed that Jesus forgave my sins. He died on the cross uh, so that, uh, you know, I get to go to heaven and I can receive the Holy Spirit and, and all of that. And that was it. And most of my focus was to go out and you know, do missionary work and bring people to Christ and teach and train them. But I never went to the, to the extent to understand that uh, I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. So let's go to First Corinthians chapter 6 and uh, verse 19. It says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, I understood the side of the spirit, uh, you know, God recreated us and Jesus paid for it, right? Right. On the cross, so that we were purchased or ransomed by Jesus Christ and our Father. Now, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, they obeyed Satan more than God. And so, the Bible says, you know, we are servants to whom we obey. So, there in the Garden of Eden, something happened where we went under sin and sickness and disease and, you know, depression and all of that started ruling and reigning in the human race. I mean, instantly, you know, Adam was fearful, worried, anxious, uh, ashamed, all of that. And God told him, the day that you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt surely die. So when Jesus came, when he died on the cross, he bought back what Satan had control over. Yes. So it wasn't that God was sitting in heaven and saying, okay, I forgive your sins and now you, you can go to heaven or you, beca- you become my children. No, Jesus had to come and pay the price and he had to buy us back from Satan and from the God of this world. And so Paul is saying uh, in verse 19, what? It's like asking a question. It's almost like surprise right. at the Corinthians. Of course, the Corinthians, you know, as we know, was a church that involved itself into a lot of immoral activities. And Paul said that there is sin in your in the church that is not even heard among the Gentiles, right? Yes. Yeah. And so Paul is telling them, what don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I mean, I read this verse. I know it. I memorized it all my, you know, life as a missionary. Uh, but I never really got a revelation on it till recently. And it says here that we are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, in our spirits, we do glorify our Father because we are created in His image. And so our spirit is constantly communing with the Father, fellowshipping with the Father, the Holy Spirit and the Son. But a lot of times I never really understood that, wait a minute, I'm bought with a price. That means 
I really don't belong. My body doesn't really belong to me. Wow. But all these years, I walked around like I own my body. And so I did things with my body that I should not have done. Let the flesh rain. Now, so I'm not talking about, you know, hurting somebody or... Uh, which I did with my mouth and with my words. But when we talk about the body here, we are talking about the whole flesh, the aspect of our body and also of our, our thinking processes and all of that together, right? We have the spirit, and then Paul is saying our body is also bought with a price. Yes. And if you're bought with a price, then we are not our own, right? Feeling all right while listening to Nightlight. Now let's go to Isaiah 53 and let's look at how this purchase was made. Now if you go to Isaiah 53 and let's look at verse 3 and 4. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Yes, so right there, in those two scriptures, Isaiah was prophesying that when Jesus comes, he's going to pay for this. He says he carried our sorrows. Now, griefs and sorrows, like I explained in one of my class on healing, is also translated as uh, sickness and pain. Okay. We did esteem stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. God allowed Jesus to be smitten and afflicted. God's the one that allowed it. And it says he was wounded for a transgression. He was bruised for iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Right there, he paid for our spirit. He paid for our mind to be full of peace all the time. That means we are not worried, we are not anxious, we are not freaking out, we are not fearful. So Jesus bought our whole man, our spirit, soul, and body. Wow. He paid for it. So as Christians, we cannot say, yes, Jesus, forgive my sins. If we believe that, then we also have to believe that he paid for our bodies. Yes. We can't say, oh yes, I believe Jesus took care of my sins. He paid for it with his blood. But then I'm going to be depressed. My mind is going to be in fear or worry or anxiety or, you know, the myriad of things that comes through our thoughts. But Jesus paid for all of that. Amen. Let's go back to uh, 1 Corinthians 6. So that's what God is telling us here in verse 20. We are bought with a price. And that was an amazing price. Only Jesus could have paid. It's, it's the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. So if I believe that God forgave my sins, He's taking me to heaven, i got to also believe that as long as I'm living on this earth, my body is purchased, bought by God through Jesus Christ. So my body is not my own. So That's right. You know, when we read verse 19, it says, Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. A lot of times our mind goes to dieting and exercising and, you know, uh, yoga or whatever we think of, right? Right. But that's not what the Bible is talking about. Now, is it good to eat the right kind of food? Yes. Is it good to exercise? Yes. Right? Right. 
Uh, all those things are true, but even the Hindus and the Muslims do that. It's true. But here it's not talking about that. It's talking about a body that includes a tongue, our eyes, our ears, our hands. All of that is bought with a price. So the choice is, God is not going to force us and tell us, oh no, I bought you, so I'm going to make you do this. No, our Father is not like that. He gave us His Word, and He says, look, you're bought with a price. Therefore glorify me in, in your body and in your spirit. Yes. It's a choice that we have to make. And sad to say, Simon, for years I did not make that choice. I mean, I ate brown bread because it was more healthier. In India, we boiled sugarcane juice, which is called jaggery. We ate that. And uh, we tried to eat boiled rice instead of white rice. I mean, all of that was in the physical thing. It was okay. But I never really thought in that way, wait, wait a minute, my mouth, my eyes, my ears, my hands, they're all bought with a price, right? Right. And even though God gave me a choice, when it comes down to it, I really don't have an option but to walk and to know that my body is bought with a price and I'm not the owner. Wow, that's true. Now, you know, in the Old Testament, we all know that when they were slaves, and sometimes the the master or the owner of the slave uh, would let him go free, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they would give them a document or something, written something saying that he's a free man. But some of the slaves who really loved the master would not just take their freedom and run away. They would say, Lord, Master, I I want to serve you. I want to serve your family. Not because I'm forced to, not because I have to, but I love you and I really want to serve you for the rest of my life, right? Now, I guess the tradition was that they would put a gold ring. The Master would give that, uh, you know, the slave a gold ring that he would wear around on his ears or somewhere in his body. That was a sign that this man is a free man, but he's choosing to serve the master. Beautiful. Now, see, that's exactly what God does with us. He set us free and he said, look, my son Jesus bought your body with a price. It was a big price. And now glorify me in your body. And the sad thing is I never ever thought about it. You know, I sing praises to the Lord. I spend time with Him in in all of those things. But when it came to my body, I just never ever thought that I was bought with with a price. It never really occurred to me in my mind, even though I knew that verses. Now, let me show you that it's not just talking about dieting and all of that. Now, if we go up to verse 15, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. And verse 16. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Yeah, so here Paul is clearly explaining the difference between what we do in the body and what we do in the spirit, right? Right. The minute we receive Jesus Christ, we are joined to the Lord. He's a one spirit. The Bible says exactly that. Mm -hmm. We and him, we have become one. But on the outside, he's saying very clearly here that when we, you know, join a body with, in adultery or whatever, you know, to a harlot, he says, don't you know 
that those are the members of Christ. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? Now, for example, it's not just talking about sexual things here. It's also talking about what we do with our words, with our eyes. Like, for example, if I sit down and I start watching all kind of perverted movies and violent, uh, you know, all of that, I am subjecting a member of Christ, which is my eyes, to that. And through my eyes, the lust of my eyes, I'm taking in things into my soul that shouldn't be entering into my soul at all, right? That's right. So it's not just, you know, talking about a sexual thing. It's also talking about everything else. And see, that's what Paul is trying to explain as he goes down to 19 and 20. Don't you know that your bodies, right, is a temple of the Holy Ghost? Yeah. And you're bought with a price. You're not your own. Now, what belongs to God, God takes the responsibility of taking care of it, right? Like he said, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? So if, if the, our bodies belong to the Holy Ghost, then God has made a provision for the Holy Ghost to take care of our body, right? Amen. And that's exactly what he's saying here. But it's not automatic. When it comes to our spirit, when we receive Jesus Christ instantly, we were made new creatures. We were complete. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are translated into the kingdom of God. That's all happened instantly. But when it comes to a body, God and a mind, God has given us guidelines, given us grace, the Holy Spirit, all of that, so that we can use that and bring about atmosphere of faith where Holy Spirit starts working in our body. Now, I'm not just making this up. If we go to Romans chapter 8 and verse 11, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Yes. So it says, if what Paul is saying is that if you believe and if you know that the Holy Spirit lives in us, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, they're not two different uh, spirits. They're not two different amount of spirit. It's the same in quantity and quality. If the Spirit dwells in us, then the Spirit, the same Spirit will quicken. The word quicken is to make alive or to restore, right? Uh, our mortal bodies. So the Holy Spirit is ready and waiting to restore, quicken our bodies. But as long as we don't believe in it, we don't think about it, and we think, oh, I got to take care of my natural body, by supplements and this and that. And again, I'm not against that. You know, I take vitamins. I, You know, it's not something that I'm against. I do. I try to eat good food, but I'm not afraid to eat uh, junk food sometimes. But my diet on a regular basis is, is good food, right? In America, we can't really call it good food, but uh, the best we can as far as, you know, we can afford and all of that. And God takes care of us. That's not the problem. But as long as we live on this earth, it's a fallen world governed by Satan. So sin and sickness and disease is rampant in every inch of this world where we live. But God has made provision for us who are his children. So what he did is he bought the body, our bodies, so that now it belongs to him. So in a way, it's his responsibility to take care of it. And so what he did is he got Jesus to pay for it when he was on the earth. And when he rose from the dead on the third day, it became a reality. Amen. 
And so we have this amazing uh, power uh, through the Holy Spirit to restore our bodies back anytime it got sick to the point where the Spirit starts working but it works through faith. Like if you don't believe that our bodies are bought with a price and the Spirit is here to help us in our body, it is not going to work. It's nightlight. What a delight. Now, Samuel, would you like to go to Romans chapter 5 and verse 2? It shows us how it works. It says, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Yeah, so it's very clear in the Bible, we have this by grace. It's grace that supplies all of it. And so for us to access it, we got to believe in that part of grace. Now right here it says our body is bought with a price. So we believe that. And Jesus paid for it, so we access it by faith. What is the faith? That's exactly what we are reading right now. That we are bought with a price, the body belongs to the Holy Spirit. It's a temple of the Holy Spirit, right? Right. Now in every religion, Simon, a temple or a mosque or a place of worship is sacred, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when I was a teenager, I used to go to temples, you know, in India to the monkey god and to the snake god or to other temples. But, you know, when, you know, people might be laughing, fooling around. But when we go down to the steps of the temple, we take off our shoes, right? And as we enter into the temple, everybody is sober. Everybody, nobody's laughing, nobody's joking. Everybody is reverencing whatever is going on in the temple there. That's true. Uh, same thing with the Muslims. They take off the shoes. They go in there till they come out. They're reverencing. It's sacred to them. Same thing with the Buddhists. Now, when Moses went up, right, and God was talking to him, God told Moses, take off your shoes. You are on sacred ground, holy ground. Now, the same God who told Moses that is not telling us to take off our shoes because what he did is he made our spirits holy. I actually have a class on holiness that I'm teaching right now, or the true holiness. I'm not going to get into it, but the fact is that uh, he created a spirit so that now our spirit is totally holy, so he can live in us. So it's not anymore a factor of that we're taking off our shoes, we don't have to. But at the same time, the true God, the creator of heaven and earth is now living in us. And he's saying that your body is his temple. But how many of us really reverence that? How many of us really believe that our bodies are sacred? Right. And it's not my own. You know, I have a, you know, I have a uh, house and a car, but, uh, you know, it belongs to, to the bank, right? Right. <laughs> we pay mortgage every month. So I can't say I own the house. You know, I have a refrigerator, a stove, dishwasher that came with the house. I can't sell them. They belong to the bank. Now, once I pay it off, it belongs to me, right? Now I can do what I want with my house. Same thing with Jesus. He bought it. He paid for it. So it doesn't belong to us. It belongs to God. Amen. But we don't act like it because our minds are not renewed to that fact. Simon, it's so amazing that once I started really understanding this aspect and I started teaching it, it's just like, it's amazing now how much of grace is empowering me to walk in true holiness and in righteousness. Wow. So if God did do this, he paid for it, and we are one with Christ in our spirit, 
he that is joined to the Lord is of one spirit, then God is expecting our body and our soul or our mind our thinking also to become one with him, right? Now, when it comes to the mind, the Bible says we have the mind of Christ, which is in our soul, in our spirit. Mm-hmm. Now, the, when the same mind starts occupying our mind, now that is when our soul and our mind is now walking in what Jesus purchased for us. He, he was chastised for our peace. Yes. Now, what do we have to do? Now, if God bought it and we understand we have that knowledge, then, then what do we do practically? Let's go to Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Okay, so here Paul is saying, he's speaking to the church. I mean, he's writing to the church. And he's saying that, I beseech you, brethren. Beseech, of course, is a word, you know, a strong word for begging. Right. Right? He's like pleading with them. My brethren, present your bodies. He's not talking about spirit. Your spirit is already in the nature of God. He's saying, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable or sensible service. Now, that is what God is expecting us to do, Simon. Amen. Is to present the body that we have as a living sacrifice, not a dead sacrifice. Yes. Right? God doesn't need a body when it's dead. Of course. He wants it when it's alive. A living sacrifice. Praise God. Now, presenting your bodies, that was like one of the greatest revelations I got about walking in the fullness of God is that is that we can't walk in the fullness of God unless we have a body presented to God. He's not talking about surrendering like I thought before. We're not surrendering. Surrendering is not really willing. But we are presenting it. So nowadays when I wake up in the morning, I say, Father, I thank you that my body is bought with a price. I don't belong to you. The body doesn't belong to me. It belongs to you. So I present my body a living sacrifice. Amen. And so I do that sometimes a couple of times during the day, reminding me and reminding the devil that this body belongs to, to Christ. And I'm going to do it for the rest of my life. Praise God. Because that's the way we are telling God, we are telling ourselves and the devil that my body belongs to Christ. Yes. He bought it. It's not optional. Even though we have a choice, uh, in my life, I don't have options when it comes to that. And I'm glad I don't. And I'm glad that God bought my body with a price. Because I'm not able to take care of it myself. It doesn't matter what I do. The enemy can attack it anytime he wants because I'm still trying to take the responsibility of my body like everybody else and say, oh no, you know, if I don't take care of my body, uh, I'm going to die. If we have not presented our bodies, then that would really be a reality. But Simon, that is what the balance between grace, we are saved by grace, our, our spirits are bought with a I mean, uh, was bought with a price, but God completed it. Yes. He recreated it, completed it, you know, filled it with power, everything we need, so it's heaven ready, so if we die, we go straight to heaven. Amen. But our bodies are still going to live on this earth for some time. And during that time, God wants our bodies also to function well. 
but it's not by leaning to the arm of the flesh but leaning to what Christ has already paid for and he bought it and the reason he bought it is because he knows that on the earth there is you know sickness and disease is demonic satan is the author of those sickness and disease even though we have agreed or come to a knowledge that oh yeah you know it is uh, natural for us to get sick all of that yes in a carnal mind that is true but in reality jesus paid so that we can walk in divine health we can walk in sound mind now romans chapter 12 verse 1 and verse 2 is the key to this Simon, would you read uh, verse two? That is talking about our mind. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Yeah. So in verse one, we present our bodies, a living sacrifice. The word "living sacrifice" there, Simon, is that the flesh wants to rule. Yes. Our bodies, and so. it's a sacrifice for us to deny that and say no our body belongs to christ so body line up with the word of god we are not going to do that see it's a sacrifice for us right right it's a living sacrifice it's till the day jesus comes back or we go to be uh with him in heaven as long as we live it's going to be a sacrifice because our flesh will always fight against this that's right and in verse 2 It says, "Be not conformed to the world." That is how we let our mind be molded into the way the world is thinking, and how the world, what the world believes. And says, "Be transformed by the renewing of your mind." Now, the renewing of the mind is the soulish realm. That is where our attitudes, our thoughts, all of them are being reprogrammed or renewed to the way the mind of Christ thinks. So this is our responsibility. We are not doing anything to grow our spirit. We are not doing anything to complete our spirit. It is complete in Him. But our soul, the way we think, the way the things that we believe, and how our body reacts to what we believe, has to change. And God gave us a solution to two of both of them. Amen. Right here in Romans twelve, verse one is for our bodies presented to Christ. Say, Father, this this body belongs to you. It's not mine. The more we think along those lines, the more we say it to ourselves, right, and to others, then it starts becoming a reality. That's how faith access grace. Otherwise, we're just going to try to do everything in the natural to keep ourselves healthy and good, which is good. I'm not against it. I'm not saying that's not needed. Yes, you know, we don't want to just sit in front of the computer. or in front of a tv all day long no our bodies were made to exercise to work we want to do that but we are not depending on that we are not leaning on that as the main source no we are leaning on the holy spirit that is in us whose job is to quicken our mortal bodies yes just like the dead body of christ was risen up and first peter 224 says that very clearly by his stripes we were healed that is the healing is already happened in the spiritual realm it is ours we just need to learn to ac- access it in order to access it we got to believe we are bought with a price yes and it belongs to god so now we are more motivated you know in what we watch what we hear what we see 
Like if I'm going to sit for an hour and gossip with somebody about somebody else, I'm not glorifying God in my body. That's right. I'm glorifying somebody else who's the author of that gossip. The Bible says Satan is the accuser of the brethren. So if I'm going to sit down and start gossiping, which is basically picking on somebody and their problems or whatever, I'm not presenting my body as a living sacrifice. Now, I know some people might not, you know, go along with this class because people just like me, I didn't want to get into anything that had to do with, uh, you know, holiness or anything to do with uh, verses like First Corinthians 6 because it made me feel uncomfortable. But I'm realizing that I can't just ask, say, God, thank you for you forgave my sins. I also have to thank him for what he did in my body. He bought it with a price. He snatched it from Satan. He paid the ransom. So it belongs to him. And what belongs to him, he's well able to take care of it if we allow him. Yes. And that allowing is to present it back to him. Right? Inspiring you to dig deeper into God's word. You're listening to Nightlight. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 7 and verse 23. It says, Ye are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. Yes, again in the next chapter, Paul is writing again and saying, You are bought with a price. You are not your own. Be not ye servants of men. Of course, he's not talking about, uh, you know, that we can't serve under somebody, right? Which we all do, you know, uh, I do. I have a, a principle that I have to work under. And now that's not what he's talking about. The word servants means, who do you obey? Like in the spirit, we know we are God's children. Now, when somebody is giving me a counsel that goes against the word of God, and I obey that, now I'm a servant of men. Yes. I'm doing exactly what God's word tells me otherwise. See, it's not that, okay, you know, you're in the military and you have to obey the officers or follow the rules. But when it comes to God and Jesus and his kingdom and his word, I can't choose to obey somebody else. That's exactly what Paul is trying to say here. He's saying you're bought with a price, so you can't just obey everybody else. That's right. And Paul said that in another uh, verse. He said, you are servants to whom we obey, either to sin and unto death or unto righteousness, unto life. So if you keep on reading, we can see that, you know, Paul is some, somehow trying to get the Corinthians church to accept the fact that, wait a minute, Guys, you just can't do what you think you should do anytime and every time and wherever you want to do it. You're not your own. I mean, for me, this one was an amazing revelation, Simon, that I'm still pondering on it. I'm still getting a lot out of it as I am, you know, going through it and as I'm teaching it. But it's amazing. Let's look at First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should draw forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Yes, we are a chosen generation. I mean, I read that, I taught on it many times, but I never really understood it the way I understand it now. We are a chosen generation. 
we are a royal priesthood. You know, of course, Jesus is the mediator, but the Bible says we need to grow up into him and all things. So, in a way, on the earth, we are also a priest leading people to Christ. Yes. The Bible says, you know, we have the ministry of reconciliation, which is basically what we do. We are a royal priesthood, not just any kind of priest. We are a chosen generation, a holy nation, a nation that is separated unto God. Amen. Of course, here, Paul is talking about all of us as a Christian. But we got to also take it on an individual basis. I got to believe, am I a royal priesthood? Am I a separated person? Am I separated from the world? And Jesus said, you are not of the world. For I've taken you out of the world. A peculiar people, not weird people, doing weird things. But when people look at us, they know we are different. The way we talk, the way we behave, all of it is different. It's not some church lingo that we practice. Oh, praise the Lord, brother, I love you with the love of Christ. Oh, come here, brother, you know. No. Right. A lot of the world doesn't like that kind of talk. Absolutely. But they want to see genuine, real manifestation of the sons of God. And that stands out as peculiar. And he says that you should show forth. He's not just talking about praising God. He says you should show forth, that's a manifestation, the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. How did he do that? He did that by purchasing us. Amen. He bought us. So now darkness has no claim on us. Sickness, disease, fear, depression, sadness, hatred. They have no right in us. Praise God. They have no legal right. They used to have that before we received Christ, but God bought us. And so darkness, he called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So our body, Satan has no right over our body has no right over our mind. It's what? But because we live in the world, if we give him an opportunity, we give, we allow him in the sense like we think differently than what God's word says, now we give him an in inroad into our body and into our mind. He has no right, just like he had no right in the Garden of Eden. If Adam would have said, get out of my garden, the garden belongs to me, this earth is given to me, I'm the master of this earth. I have dominion over this. Satan, get out. Satan couldn't do nothing. Wow. See, it's, it's like if we don't think that our bodies are bought with a price, then we think just like a normal, natural human being. And then we get the results of a natural human being. Now, I'm not saying that I don't get attacked in my body. I do sometimes. And I know why. It's because I'm not fully presenting my body to him. So the enemy is able to come and attack. Of course, we have authority to cast him out. But he can keep coming back if we don't really present our bodies to him as a living sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And it's not a one-time thing. It, it is a daily thing till our mind is renewed to the fact that, yes, and that's all you talk about. You don't talk about your body as your own. You don't say, oh, my sickness, my headache, my, no. 
it's not mine because whatever God has what if it belongs to me and I believe that then it's not no more mine it's something Satan is putting on me and I have the right and the power to cast it out but the reason it doesn't work sometimes is because we are not presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice right and so here it says who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light now of course that is a reality in the spirit but it has to become a reality also in our body it's never completely dark when you're listening to Nightlight. Let's go to 1 John 5.18. Oh, I can keep on going on this one. It says, We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. Yeah, we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, and every one of us is born of God. So our spirits, uh, John explains that, uh, cannot sin, and, and, and there is no sin in it. So whoever is born of God sinneth not. That's our spirit. But we do sin sometimes in our mind because it's not renewed to that degree. It says, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one touches him not. Okay, so Simon, there is a promise that if we keep ourselves, he's not talking about, you know, okay, I'm going to keep myself by doing this and doing good and, you know. No, he's talking about exactly what I was teaching. We are presenting our bodies a living sacrifice. We are saying that this doesn't belong to us. And so when Satan comes against us, we cast it out. We cast down imagination. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, that's how we keep ourselves and bringing every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's how we keep ourselves in our soul, in our mind. Right? Right. In our body. We know our body is bought with a price. So, oh, yes. So I'm not going to let my body do this. Now, grace is empowering us to do exactly that. It's not by our own righteousness or not by our own works that we are getting this. It's already a right and it's given to us and grace empowers us to keep ourselves. But unlike a spirit, which is automatically now in the nature of God, on the outside, we have something to do with it. And that is always making the right choice to present our bodies to him and knowing that grace is there to get me over this thing. Like Paul said, where sin doth abound, grace does much more abound. So that means grace is available in abundance to help us go through that and come out victorious. Yes. So he that is begotten of God keepeth himself. For a lot of times as Christians, we are carnally minded, naturally minded. So we always go to the natural to take care of business or take care of things. No, we got to go to the spirit first. And it says that, and that wicked one touches him not. Even Jesus said, you know, Satan cometh and he finds nothing in me. Can you imagine that? That's exactly what John is saying that we can have. He comes knocking and there's nothing because you presented our bodies, presented our mind. Our mind, we are casting out the imagination, bringing every thought to the obedience of Christ. Satan has nothing to work with. Praise God. But then people say, oh, you mean that means, you know, we are self-righteous or we are just... No, we are righteousness of God. We need to walk in it. And grace is there to help us to do exactly that. I'm not teaching this class because I arrived. But the Bible says, peace and life is multiplied unto you through the knowledge 
of God and of Jesus Christ. See, the knowledge is what starts it all. So as we get this knowledge that our body is bought with a price, not just in our head, but really having a revelation, asking God, God, give me a revelation on this. I really need this. And God, you know, the Holy Spirit will quicken it to us. And as that happens, we will see grace helping us to walk in it. So this is none of the work of the flesh. We are not trying in our own goodness to attain to something. That's right. No, we have already attained through the blood of Jesus Christ. We are just learning to walk in it. That is being a Christian. It's a walk. I mean, for the last, I don't know, maybe a month, off and on, I've been teaching on the walk, how to walk as a new creation, uh, not just being a new creation, but how to walk it. And that's exactly what John is saying here. The wicked one touches him not. But people say, no, it's talking about Jesus will keep us. Well, he's the one that's going to keep us, but we got to make the choice. we got to choose to cast out our imagination. we got to bring those thoughts to our obedience to Christ. And he's given us the weapons to do that. And then we present our bodies a living sacrifice and get our mind renewed. Now the wicked one has less and less ability to touch us in any area of our life. He cannot touch our spirit because it is sealed. God lives there. It's, it is called light. Darkness cannot enter there. But the same thing can happen in our mind. And that is what Ephesians chapter 4 is talking about. Growing up into him, into all the fullness of Christ. And that is the right. That is what God has paid for through Jesus for us to be able to experience that. But a lot of times, very rarely do Christians experience that because they're always trying to solve all of the issues physically. No, this is a whole new ball game. And Paul walked in it. We see that in Galatians. Look at First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 4. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Yeah, so he says each one of you know right? How to control your own body in holiness and in honor. That's called glorifying God in our body. Paul is saying, you already know. He's not talking about, see, whatever is available to the world is not what the Bible is talking for us. We are something greater than that, right? And so we present our bodies a living sacrifice. In some religions in Africa, right, they burn their bodies, right, like with uh, a metal or something. They, they put tattoos on their face or their body as a sign of body belonging to the spirits or whatever. Now, we don't do those things, but we present it. Uh, let's look at First Corinthians 9.27. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others... I myself should be a castaway. Yes. You know, of course, the castaway is not talking about going to hell. It's talking about, you know, like Jesus said, what does it gain a man if he lost his soul? He gained his uh, world and lost his own soul, right? That's right. So what happens is every time we don't present our bodies for living sacrifice unto God, then our bodies, we are not bringing it into subjection. Now, God has given every human being a willpower and some form of self-control. All of the world can use that 
to control their bodies or can do that. Right. But for us, it's something much more than that. Right? Yes. So it's, it's so much easier for us to bring our bodies into subjection or to allow the fruit of self-control to manifest because it's already done. God has already given us that through Jesus Christ. Amen. So it's so much easier for us than for someone that's not saved to bring it under control. But sometimes the Christians don't understand what we have and they go about using their own willpower and uh, self-control, which is limited. It's very limited. It is. But we have an extra help or we have an extra uh, force, we can call it if you want to, that is going to help us to bring our body into subjection. So it's not that the Bible is just talking about our spirit all the time. And that's what I've been teaching all the time. But now we need to find out the other side of it. And that's exactly what presenting our bodies is. Okay, Simon, I'm going to show you one more verse and I know I will stop. <laughs> Galatians 2.20. It says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Okay, so that is, that's a Christian. That is a whole attitude of a Christian. And that is that I'm crucified. Right. Right? We are dead. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, the thing is, you know, I never really thought like that. I never considered myself dead to the flesh. Like in Romans 8, it talks about uh, mortifying our blood, I'm sorry, our flesh, so that the spirit, uh, the spirit can rule, the spirit can dominate. And so when we know we are bought with a price, when we know that we don't belong to ourselves, then we know and we'll act like we are dead. Dead means to ourselves, to our own ambitions, to our own, you know, desires, the lust of this world, everything that's trying to influence and dominate us. Like, for example, a person who's dead, I mean, you can go over his body and you can call him fat, you're fat, you're ugly. Right. You can call him whatever you want, but it's not going to affect him, right? Because he's dead. But a lot of times we want so much for our flesh to be alive. But once we understand that we are bought with a price, our bodies are bought with a price, then it is Christ now that liveth in me. Right? Yes. Now, living, of course, he's alive in our spirit, but the Bible says God wants to dwell in us, and then he wants to walk in us. The walking part is the part that our mind and our body is needed. Because on this earth, we need to walk uh, right? If God wants to walk in us, then he has to manifest himself into a body and into a mind. And that doesn't happen if we keep saying, my body belongs to me, my mind belongs to me, then we are not giving God a chance to walk in us. And so it's, it's so, so clear, Simon, I'm going to stop right here, that now we are living by the faith of Jesus Christ, because there's nothing that uh, basically belongs to us because Jesus bought it. Right. 
But at the same time, God is a gentleman. He's not going to force us in any way to present our bodies or our mind. And Romans 8 talks about it. He says, if you're carnally minded, that means if our mind is not presented to the Lord and we think the other thoughts, then it says to be carnally minded is death. The word death there is not dying physically. The word death means a separation from the things of God. So when you're carnally minded, the things of God, we are separated from it. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So when we are spiritually minded, the same life that Jesus said, I've come to give, you know, I have come that you might have life and that life in abundance. Now, when we are spiritually minded, that life in abundance is what is going to manifest in our life. So it's not that if you think carnally you're going to die because, you know, most Christians, almost all, uh, all of us, sometime or the other, some Christians constantly, they are carnally minded. Yes. That means their mind is not going by the word of God. They're going by what the world has to offer. And so that's Paul is saying, saying, I'm dead. Paul even said, my life is hidden in Christ. Hidden Christ means it's not him that is shining, it is Christ. But all of that, Simon, comes together when we start understanding how Jesus bought our body and our spirit. And now all we have to do is allow our mind to be dominated by the word of God, think according to the word of God, so we are not separated from the life of God. But at the same time, our bodies, we are presenting it to God, saying, Father, it is yours. I present it to you. And now, whatever God owns, he's going to take care of it, right? Yes. Paul even said that at one time. He said that whether we eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Eating and drinking is part of the body. Right? Right. God doesn't get any glory from what we do on the earth outside of God's word. Yes. God gets glory when we are eating and drinking whatever we are doing all to the glory of God. Right? It's nightlight. What a delight. Okay, so Simon, I'm going to stop there and uh, thank you for allowing me to come on your show. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. And I hope by the grace of God, that all of us, we can start presenting our bodies and knowing beyond a shadow of doubt that we are not our own and we are bought with a price. Yes. And now the Holy Spirit will start taking care of what belongs to Him. Thanks so much, Melvin. And I think that class was very timely for the times in which we're living and the kind of decisions that people are having to make regarding whether to take these experimental vaccines or not. To my mind, the scriptures you shared doesn't allow any room for compromising the sanctity of our bodies, the temples of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Thanks so much, Melvin. Yes, Simon, thank you so much. And I'm glad, you know, able to share it. Bye for now. God bless. Take care. And let's go out with this one from Jasper McCollum. We were bought with a price. And the Lord loves each one of us so much that no price was too high. my home longing for companionship 
just as I see you Encased in human flesh My will put to the test The questions that pass through your head Pass through mine too Many a night spent on my face Searching answers, seeking grace How could I fulfill for you all I was meant to? As I struggled there I saw a vision of you here And nothing on earth or in hell Could stop the choice that I made Who am I? I lived, I died I felt pain, I cried And my heart went out to those This world pushes aside I was denied, crucified, but all hell I defied, just to have you here, no price was too high.